May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So I want to warn you all before I get started. Um, I had a cold at the beginning of the week, and my colds always go where I start that really kind of ugly, nasty cough that takes me weeks to get rid of. Um, And so I might just start coughing all of a sudden. I'll try not to cough loudly into the microphone, so it is incredibly annoying. So I am not sure whether I particularly like this gospel lesson, but it is the lesson assigned for the day. I, I decided it would be ever so much easier to be a preacher in one of those churches where you just, you know, picked and chose whatever you wanted to talk about. Um, it would be ever so much easier than dealing with these troublesome texts. You could just kind of pick the really, you know, happy, fun things to talk about. So I did contemplate briefly uh, just ignoring it entirely and uh, preaching on the Old Testament. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is this gospel lesson bothers me enough that I had to kind of explore it a little bit and find out what, you know, what was it all about. So, most of us have grown up with this image of Jesus. You know, we've gotten it from Sunday school, or we have it from our parents, or, or wherever. So, go ahead and, and close your eyes for a minute. I'll wait. Um, so, what comes to mind? And for me, it's the Jesus on the cover of the children's Bible stories that's been in my house forever. And it's, it's the very typical Jesus with the white robes, the long brown hair, the gentle smile on his face, and his arms outstretched, welcoming everyone to his side. That Jesus, that gentle, smiling Jesus, would never, ever have called a frightened woman names. So what's going on here? Where is the good news in today's gospel for you and for me? And feel free to disagree with where I go with this. And perhaps this is where I should say that the views expressed here are all mine and do not reflect management. (laughs) So the thing with this gospel lesson is if you start reading about it, everybody has a different theory about it. And they're, they're fairly widely divergent. Some gloss over it entirely and simply talk about how in the end, Jesus did heal a woman possessed by demons. It's kind of the all's well and end well, end, end well school of theology. Others claim he was testing her faith or that Jesus was just being amusing joking with a woman. Surely, she knew he wasn't serious with the name-calling. Really? This is supposed to make me feel better about this gospel lesson? You've got this desperate woman with this child that is has possessed by demons, and he's going to either test her faith or he's going to joke with her? I don't... Neither of those make me feel any better. So the gospel lesson tells us that Jesus had journeyed to this region of Tyre. 
He entered into a house, and he didn't want anyone to know he was there. So this region was primarily an area where Gentiles lived. And so we probably can assume from that that Jesus went there to get away from the crowds who had been following him for a while now. Perhaps he was tired. He was emotionally, physically, and spiritually tired. He was a scandal in his own hometown. He had preached, and he had healed, and he was grieving from the recent death of his cousin John. He doesn't want to preach. He doesn't want to teach. And he doesn't want to heal anyone. And his ministry was only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's very clear about that in Matthew's version of this gospel. Yet he could not escape notice. A Syrophoenician woman, a Gentile, immediately comes into the house where Jesus is staying and falls at his feet, begging, pleading to have mercy on her and on her dearly beloved daughter who is possessed by demons. By going into that house and kneeling at the feet of Jesus, she violated so many boundaries, gender boundaries and religious boundaries. And Jesus, Jesus was caught with his proverbial compassion completely down and non-existent. Where's that image of Jesus we've all grown up with? The one with his arms outstretched and welcoming. Come unto me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus tells her to go away. And it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. That's pretty harsh. What just happened here? And, and I have to wonder if Jesus wasn't just as shocked at what came out of his mouth at that moment of exhaustion or grief as we are. And you know what? Over the last couple of weeks, I can relate to this moment a little bit better than I would have been able to before. I may not like it, but this very human moment, this very human response We've all been there. I certainly have. That moment when I've lashed out at someone who had absolutely nothing to do with my pain and my grief. And then Jesus looked at her, and he really listened to what she was saying. The Syrophoenician woman, who somehow absolutely knew what Jesus had to offer, that the good news was universal, the divine power, the compassion, and the love, that there was enough for everyone, everywhere. She knew that the kingdom of God was a kingdom of abundance, and that even the scraps under the table were sufficient to feed the entire world. So this story while it's uncomfortable, is painfully honest. There's pain and emotion on both sides, and perhaps there was a bit of healing on both sides, a transformative moment, a teaching moment. 
The Syrophoenician woman had become a teacher to the teacher. In her desperation and her pain as a mother, this woman shattered all the boundaries of her day with her actions and her speech. She begged and she pleaded. And according to Matthew, she even shouted at Jesus. By speaking truth to the one she knew had the power, she became a catalyst for radical inclusion. Jesus tells the woman to go, for her child has been healed. And then there is yet another woman who will spend the rest of her life saying, I have seen the Lord. I wonder, did she change Jesus' mind about his mission? Did she convert him to a larger vision? Or did she just precipitate something that was intended all along? I'm not sure it really matters, just that it happened. This stunning, shocking, uncomfortable, very human moment is a turning point in Jesus' ministry. Jesus went on into that region populated primarily by Gentiles, first healing the deaf man by touching him, saying, Apatha, or be open. Jesus was preaching what he had just experienced, and he's still preaching that to us today. Apatha, be open. Listen, really listen. Listen to what the Syrophoenician woman is saying then and now. And make no mistake, this woman exists among us today and has over the centuries. This is the person who stands up and speaks truth to power out of her desperation and out of her pain. She's the woman who stood with other mothers in Liberia when their children were being murdered in the name of the government and made it stop. She's the woman who helped bring peace in Northern Ireland because she was heartsick and tired of her children dying in the streets. Today, she's the mother marching and protesting Black Lives Matter movement because she wants her children to be safe. She's the mother fighting for tighter gun control laws because she doesn't want anyone else's child to die. And she is the one who's crossed borders and deserts and oceans to try and bring her child to safety. We know this person. I know this person. And at times in my life, I hope to God that I have been that person. Standing up for my children and other children when they were hurting or they were in pain. We all are being asked to be open to those coming from some place or someone who expresses ideas and subjects we are not comfortable with. The Syrophoenician woman, the outsider, the stranger, those who challenge our beliefs and our prejudices and our perceptions, our common understanding and long-held assumptions. We may not always completely understand or even totally agree with what they are saying or where they are coming from or even how they're saying it. But we need to be open and listen, really listen to their pain and their desperation. We are compelled to listen to their stories and their narratives. Because to be open also requires us to listen to our own fears and our own prejudices. When Jesus crossed into the Gentile territory, he walked a path that took him in a whole new direction, 
a direction of radical inclusion. Jesus crossed cultural and religious boundaries where he healed the child whose mother had absolutely nothing to offer, nothing except the gift of her love and her desperation for her child. In that moment, he transformed his ministry and our world and our very lives forever. Following Jesus means living a life of radical inclusion, ready to cross boundaries, ready to listen, ready to change, ready to accept, ready to give to those who speak out of their pain and their desperation. Are we ready? Can we allow ourselves and our lives to be transformed? We have a pretty good example to follow. Jesus changed and he grew for us. He emptied himself out completely and absolutely for you and for me so that the kingdom of God would truly be good news for all of us, would be a kingdom of abundance for all of us, not just for a select few, but for you and for me, for us and for them, everyone, everywhere. Amen. Let us say the Nicene Creed together. We believe in one God, 